You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, episode 171. Uh, as far as the draft process works, look, I love the Senior Bowl. I love the All-Star Games. That stuff is great. Uh, I kind of prefer, and I always kind of have the combine. Uh, look, the Senior Bowl and the All-Star Games are kind of an extension of what we see. You know, it's film, film, film. Now we can see them in different areas, you know, learning some things at a, quick, you know, at a quicker pace. See we can adapt. Obviously, you don't get you know, the practices. You may see more and get more out of one-on-ones than you're ever going to get out of the game. But what I love about the combine is it, it's put up or shut up time. It's you know it's it is your last chance. Uh, pro days. Uh, Jamal Adams last year was a you know four three five supposedly at his pro day. Ran closer to four six at Indy. So you know you gotta put some stock into whether or not you know where the truth lies in those types of numbers. Everybody doesn't really doubt what goes on in Indy uh, pro days. A lot of guys, it's it, it's they do it. They're saying about the university, uh, you know, almost you know, like a thank you for you know, what the opportunity they were giving. Uh, it's going to be interesting this year in the wake of Sidney Jones last year getting hurt after the combine at Washington's pro day. Uh, we've seen guys skip, skip ball games. Are we going to see more guys after a solid combine? So you want to know what? I'm going to shut it down. I'll be at pro day. I'll talk to whoever wants to talk to me. But uh, my days are working out as an amateur with no money involved are over. Uh, with us tonight here, obviously, uh, you know, covers the Browns for NFL Spin Zone. You know, uh, obviously, Pete's the most frequent guest of this show. First off, Pete, my friend, how are you doing? All living the dream. Well, this is a good week, though. This is a good week because you want to know what? We either flex some numbers. Well, like some people do, you got to go through the tweets, and man, I got a lot of names I got to erase right now. I never back that guy. Oh yeah, there's no question that uh, this is. There's going to be a lot of uh, guys who suddenly, people who, who say will say they've been talking about a guy for the past four months or a guy that suddenly uh, it used to be talked about quite a bit that just disappears a little bit. That, that's always uh, interesting to see who who, who sort of owns. That they're sort of off a guide who's just sort of would, would pretend uh, that, that they never supported him in the first place. <laughs> We're having a little fun, everybody. We're going you know, to poke a little fun. Uh, one thing I wanted to get to, and uh, later on here in the show, we'll be recording this first part, guys. We had a little technical difficulty yesterday. Uh, there will be you know, combined thoughts, offense and defense, once this gets paired together. But one thing I wanted to get into, I haven't gotten to talk to him about it yet. And for me, it's one of the more important things to look at right now. And this is Lamar Jackson, a guy who could conceivably be a first-round quarterback, going through this process right now with his mother as his representation. Uh, you're starting to hear some more now. Some stuff starting to trickle out a little bit. You know, maybe this is why he's getting put down a little bit. You know, these big name you know, agents do not like to get told no. So sometimes they're going to funnel information to media. Uh, you know, some, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a short business. Ninety-nine <laughs> percent of them are just absolute sharks. So you know, that's kind of how they roll. So it's going to be interesting. You know, with this much on the line this week for Lamar Jackson and Pete. I mean, this is tough. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I maybe understand it if you were a day three pick. I would never understand it any way whatsoever if you're a quarterback. Yeah, th- there's a way it can work. And, and it, it, it basically requires you know a really really good support system, and that doesn't just mean loving parents because I'm sure Mama Jackson loves your kid to death. It's more of you have people around you just happen to be in this business. You've seen 
uh, situations where you've got family friends who are legitimately, you know, agents or whatever, that, or, or some sort of training in this field where you can see this sort of work a little bit, where it's a sort of an informal relationship as opposed to a pen and paper type agent deal. Um, certainly there's the, the ugly side you sort of touched on it, the, the shark business part of it, uh, that, that, you know, that's unseemly and, and, you know, ugly for everybody. But there are legitimate parts of this that matter. Uh, we, we, we talk about stuff like uh, being ready for interviews, being ready for the stuff that happens at the combine. I mean, the stuff I think she'll, she, assuming she's the one actually doing it, I think she can handle getting into uh, getting into whatever training place he's going to because I'm sure that, that every training place is basically falling all over themselves to get Lamar Jackson there for all the obvious reasons you can imagine uh, in terms of managing interviews and all that day-to-day -day stuff. I could see her having no problem with it, but when it comes to the preparation of what is he going to do when he's put in front of these guys who are trained to sort of maybe get a bad reaction out of them or you know, challenge them in some way. Obviously, the natural sticking point for people is, is the receiver question. But the other part of this is, you know, a lot of these guys have been studying for, and, and the Wonderlick's an obvious example, and whatever, I'm sure he'll do fine on that. But it's more the board work, all those other things. Like, what is he doing to sort of study? Because a lot of these quarterbacks, especially, in addition to sort of all the mechanical work you do, is you study more than one offense in this offseason. You learn a lot of different offenses so you can sort of be prepared for this and maybe you don't, you obviously don't master them, but you've got sort of the fundamental grounding. So if you, and, and not that he's in the league anymore, but Chip Kelly type guy versus more of a traditional old school guy with the phone book style playbook or somewhere in between, you have all these different details that somebody can get, get, uh, get into and you want to have at least a little bit of grounding in everything. Uh, and, and, and if we get to a point, I think what you'll see happen is, is you'll talk about reports, leaks, or whatever you want to call it, saying that these teams thought, you know, Lamar Jackson performed poorly in interviews or whatever it is, and it will reflect, reflect poorly on the kid, and it may be more, a, a, more of a problem with preparation. And that's not fair, but that's just sort of how that goes. Well, look, in anything, you know, this is the ultimate audition. This is the ultimate test. You know, with anything, how you do well in those things, you do well by preparation. Why do these agencies mean as much as they do? Because they can say, well, look, this is my 13th combine. This is now my 137th player going through the combine experience. And there is a lot to that. Um, you brought up the interviews as well. You know, one, obviously the question is going to be about the wide receiver. There's going to be somebody that's going to ask him about the relationship between him and his mother. Because this is not a standard approach that some guy just says, ah, I'm all right, man. Ma can handle it. And Mrs. Jackson's probably done a fantastic job. Lamar Jackson has a clean off-field. Obviously, as a parent, she has done a phenomenal job. But there are people in here that do this for a reason. Somebody's going to ask in one of those meetings, talk about the relationship with your mom, because we think it's really weird that you didn't actually get yourself an agent. That's going to come up. Um, I look at a guy like Eli Apple right now, who is almost at a career crossroads. Uh, got himself, his, his mind is shot, and basically, I mean, here he is now, 22, 23 years old. He lives with his mom. She's basically taking over everything, and he is in a really, really bad spot. Uh, I, I don't think the Giants necessarily want to keep him. I don't think they can move on from him.
because they're never going to get the return on the investment even close to what they put in on. So that's something you got to worry about. You know, your mom is fantastic and all, but sometimes you got to cut loose and you, and you got to hire some people when you're doing a career of this avenue who are best familiar and best suited to put you in the best way to look good. And then the other thing is, is what happens if this is a bad couple of days in Indy? You know, how how is his mom going to handle damage control, Pete? Yeah, I mean, there's no question that she doesn't sort of have the natural avenues that these other guys have where they have. And again, it's it's the ugly side of this, but it, it is a people business. Uh, agents know various members of the media. They have their people they can sort of go to where they can spin a story or whatever else, you know, that, that, that type of stuff where you can sort of you know, have a plan in place for damage control, whereas... You know, she may not be sort of equipped to do that or, or could potentially make it worse. Uh, but, I mean, there's no, it's, it, you know, you get in these situations and a lot of the time it, it dates back to high school where I, I expect mom was a pain in the ass at that point, was a pain in the ass in college. Uh, doesn't mean she's bad or doesn't love her kid. It's just that that tends to be the thing. And then, you know, she thinks she's done a great job because now he's in this position when in reality it's more of a case of, look at him, he just happens to be a really freakish athlete and she may have done a great job with other things. But uh, the, the bottom line when we get past all this other crap, no team wants to negotiate a contract with, with the dude's mom. They just don't. And that's, that's an issue that's going to come up. And, you know, an experienced agent, there are bonuses and other things and, and all these little extras that you can sort of negotiate as a quarterback uh, that, that she, they ultimately may miss out on. You know, we'll, we'll see if, 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 if he does perform poorly at the combine for whatever reason, not that I'm expecting it to happen, um, will they then go out and try to get an agent and if so he may have a different you know it may be a difficult situation because now you're trying to and i don't don't doubt there will be guys who are willing to do it but it's still a rush job and not you know not the ideal scenario well and the other thing is though is it, when they jump into it late and now they have to get on it post combine anything they say or anything they do it's obviously going to look like you know a cover-up um the other thing is it's how it's all going to work once you go to them now. Uh, you know, and the other thing is, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they have their own prospects now, and they, you know, have, they have the time promised into them. But you know, look, everybody wants a quarterback, and they have no problem taking it on. But it's just a, it's a strange route to go. You know, I, I, I pray that nothing goes wrong for an indie, and it all does go well, and it does pan out. And maybe somewhere along the line, they like, look, we realize we're going to need a guy, we're need a money guy, somebody to work this out. But you know, it's, it's a very strange, strange thing, especially for a quarterback. It's not uncommon if you were a Division Two Day Three kid who you know got a combine invite, you know, off of some good tape. It can be understandable more there. But you know, this, you know, I mean, it could be, it could be really good as long as everything performs well. But but there are some potholes here that I'm not, you know, I I, I think that they're not. I think they're just thinking things are going to go too smoothly and not putting any thought process into, God forbid, something does go wrong while they're there in Indy. Yeah, no, no question about it. They're, if you talk to agents, and, and maybe maybe they're biased on this, but they'll tell you that whatever money he thinks he's saving or they think they're saving on this thing, they're, they're actually going to end up losing money uh, 
because of those little those other issues that play into it. And, and I'll be curious to see if he does start to slip. If now some team gets a really nice value on a, a really talented quarterback who shouldn't play early anyway, that this sort of now puts him in a position where he can actually benefit from his development, and then a team gets a a, a, a potential steal. Not that I, you know, obviously he'd like to maximize his value, but that that's sort of the, the scenario that can play out here. I do totally agree. Guys, Locked On NFL Draft with John Leviard and Trevor Sakama. Uh, they do a fantastic job with the show. Both guys will be in Indy this week. Uh, so, you know, obviously they'll have a lot of information for you. You know, obviously a lot on the shows. Uh, I, I plan on doing a show per night. Uh, like I said, this is one of my favorite weeks. I love 40 times. I love bench press. I love all the drills. This is one of my favorite times. Uh, I appreciate you guys for everything you've done. So please follow Locked On NFL Draft. They do a great job over there. Uh, we're going to move on over here now into you know, uh, some combine thoughts. Now we're going to get to uh, some props here, Pete. Uh, Saquon Barkley is a starter. Uh, over under, uh, let's see what let's see what we got here. It is Saquon Barkley, 40-yard dash time, 4-3-7. You taking the over or you taking the under? Now if I, I'm going to say over as in he will not run that fast. Yeah, exactly. The over would be not running four three seven. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think he will run a very nice time. Uh, I just come on. I mean, and if he does, God bless him. That would be incredible. I actually think where he's going to shine is in a different drill. Oh, oh, he's going to shine. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I do agree with you there. Lamar Jackson four three five. I, I don't. I, this I don't think was fair. I don't think he's that fast. Uh, I think he's going to run probably low four fours, which is fine. Four, three, five. Right, and and here's the thing: he doesn't need to run that fast. Like this is one of those things where it would change nothing. Right, like it's not, you know, I don't know how much training he's put into running a forty. What he doesn't need it. But that gets back to what we were talking about earlier. What kind of training is he really getting right now? If he's not getting it through certified NFL player agents. Well, I'm assuming that on some level, he, you know, they had how whatever academies through through the nose coming at him, basically saying, "Come down here because they want the bear." But but I, but I, I, at the same time, how much how much just Lamar Jackson sitting there going, "Man, I really got to nail this 40." If he ran a four five, it wouldn't really matter. And I, it's yeah, still I, I, two ten second faster than any other quarterback. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I think it's safe to. I think it, I think we can all say it's safe to say he's fast. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you. He's going to be somewhere probably in the four fours again. If he if he goes four three, great. But that's not going to help him as a quarterback so much as it's going to only fuel people who are talking about him being a receiver. It will fuel the the strength of Plan B if you're looking that way. Make uh, Fitzpatrick four 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 two. Oh, man, that's tough because I know, and I don't know how unreliable Alabama is on this. Oof, that's tough. I'll say over, but they, they, you know, this is one of those where he allegedly, and this, these are always famous, that he allegedly ran like a 4-2-9 or something. Maybe it's 4-3-9 regardless, but again, I, I think he'll do fine. If I, I would probably call this one even, Steven. I would say, I, I would figure 4-4-2. Four, four, when he's moving, he's moving. Uh, your boy, Darius Kent, 4-3-8. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what 
expecting that. Yeah, I mean, they do it's just, it's, it's just honestly, all this seems like free money because this is really, really fast. Uh, no, I, I think, think it's it's, this may be a little skewed from John Ross last year. I'm thinking is what I'm thinking. Maybe. I, I think he's going to run low 4-4s. Four I, I think... I, I, I will say he's got a shot, but I, I think low 4-4s four is what he wants. The thing I'm interested with guys is, is he going to do any of the agility drills? Because it would not surprise me in the least if he goes, runs a low 4-4, four four, does his jumps, and basically like, nah, I'm not doing the agility stuff. Well, I will go back to Jamal Adams, um, who at his pro day... Uh, they tried to spin that he ran 0.23 faster in the 40 at his pro day than he did at the NFL Combine. Look, it didn't change anything with Jamal Adams. He still went six overall, still had a phenomenal rookie year. Uh, but LSU, you know, they're one of them schools where they, 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 like to, they like those pro day numbers because they want to offset it. You know, basically they want to give you a real nice pro day number because a lot of people say sometimes, oh, you'll take the pro day number, you'll take the, you know, the Combine numbers. And you mesh them together and make it a happy median. So, you know, that type of thing. Here's one that I do think is somewhat legitimate. Dante Johnson out of LSU. First off, you run track at LSU. I have very little doubt about how fast you are. You're legit. He runs the first leg of the, you know, 4 by 100 for LSU. The dude can move. 4 to 8. The rumors are this is pretty much what he's running in his workouts. Yeah, and, and allegedly, you know, he, he's he's going to be the guy who, who's he's saying at a time his goal is to beat John Ross. Um, I'll say under. Uh, I, I think in reality, push is probably the right answer here because it's not like he's picking up any new tricks. He like he knows how to run track. It's not like he's getting in the blocks and learning new tricks. Uh, I, I I'll say under, but I think in reality, it's probably push. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, and, and this is what a lot of people do not understand is, you know, it, these guys, they run the 40s in the summer, they get time there, but, you know, if you have a track background, you know, that's where it's going to help your first 10. Look, once everybody gets going, all these guys are goddamn fast. We know that. There's no way around it. We're not, we're not kidding ourselves. But it's whether or not you've had the training to learn how to explode out of the blocks. With a guy like Jackson, obviously this is not going to be, you know, anything new to him. So a fantastic time for him, look, regardless of his tape, you know, and I think he's an old, I think he's a good cornerback. I think he's a top 100 pick. But if you're going to base it on his 100 time, yeah, uh, you're just not doing it right. That's, you know, all I can say for you on that one. Uh, here's a question I got, Pete. This one's actually kind of interesting. Uh, Eddie Schwartner. Why Denzel Ward deserves to be a first-round pick after not scoring against the Dalton Revere High defense when Pete was one of our coaches? So the, that's a true story. We did we did play Nordonia. They were in our conference uh, when I was there. Uh, he, he, Denzel Ward is really, really fast in person, by the way, so I'm sort of in the tank form uh, that he's a uh, Macedonia kid. Uh, he did not score against us. We put a big kid named Zach Lukowski on, Zach, Zach Lukowski on him, uh, who uh, he just didn't do anything. Now, the, 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 the flip side of that is a kid named, I, I may be wrong in his first name, but I think it's Kobe Alders, who was their like, power slot guy who ripped us up, and they beat the shit out of us in the game. Uh, that Nordonia team was second in the state in the league. Should have won, uh, was, was the heavy favorite to win the state title, and got housed by this like 
plucky LaSalle team who just ran the ball. But that Nordonia team had Denzel Ward. Uh, it had uh, one of their left tackle, their defensive end, went to Michigan State. Uh, Justice Cunningham, I think his name was. They had another kid go to OU. It was just a loaded team. It, it, like, uh, just, just an incredibly good football team. But, yeah, they beat the hell out of us. But, yeah. Uh, we uh, shut down Denzel Ward, at least on offense. And for whatever reason, you have this kid who is as fast as Denzel Ward is, and they never gave him end rounds or any of that stuff. It was always basically making him a traditional receiver. Out of the corner, though, he did pick us off once. <laughs> All right, Pete. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, we'll go offensive side of the ball here. Um, and like you said, you've, t- you've learned to appreciate the combine and, and what it does bring. And I think guys like James Colburn and all these guys who do this math type of work, you open your eyes to it. And look, it's not the be-all, end-all, because obviously tape matters, production matters, but it, it, it helps so much in formulating an opinion on a guy. Give me some guys offensively who you are really curious about what they're going to do in Indy. Um, I think the, the guy, uh, well, first, first I, I think Saquon Barkley is going to, last year the highest vertical was 44 inches. I think Saquon Barkley might might, might match that. That's, well, which is funny, though, because that list I was just giving you, they had that 41. Yeah, I th- if, if I was to bet on that, I actually think I'd take the over. I think he could hit 44. If you've seen him jump in games and just sort of jump in place, it's scary. I don't know if he'll... He'll go as fast as maybe people think, but he, the dude can just freaking float. Um, Darius Geis, I'm certainly interested to see, uh, he, because I think so much of what he's trying to prove with this is going to be the 40-yard dash. DJ Moore, uh, you know, for me, is, is the top receiver in the class. Um, it's going to be up to him to sort of showcase that he's got the athleticism. I think he will run fast. Uh, I, I have no doubt about his agility and quickness and stuff. Uh, but he's a big dude, and you can sort of get deceptive speed on that a little bit on the field. He, he may be a guy who actually runs faster than people expect. So I'll be, I, I want to see an actual number on him. Um, I'd be, well, be curious to say Auden Tate uh, because you know where I was headed. I, I want to see if, if if he like trips and falls partway down. The, if you if, if if I'm just gonna. If the, the Lockdown Brown show is going to suddenly be up for up for hosting gig, the basically the entire future we've been betting on this this poor child to uh, live, live up to the expectations. Uh, but he should do well. I mean, th- this is this is another guy, and and you know I don't love Auden Tate. I think uh, his production has real question marks beyond the fact that they had issues at quarterback. Uh, and, and, you know, you go to the Reggie Ball corollary, is Reggie Ball was a horrible quarterback, and Calvin Johnson still dominated, and they found ways to get the ball. D.J. Moore's in the same boat. Auden Tate's production just didn't happen that way. Equinemius Brown is in that same boat. But these are guys, uh, Auden Tate, where now your entire draft future, um, certainly there are stuff on the field where people can look at it and go, these are traits, I love these, but... But there's no question that a substantial part of what Auden Tate's trying to sell people is going to happen, be it in uh, Indianapolis or, or, or Pro Day in Tallahassee, that he's really, really fast. Uh, Equinemius Brown, I, he's, got to, he's got to do it. Uh, same problem. He, he's actually really productive from a market share standpoint. Uh, the past few years, 
but in some ways he's fallen off the radar a little bit. Uh, you know, they just didn't have a passing game in Notre Dame this year. He was still the most productive guy at it, but it's just tough when you basically became like almost like a full-on uh, run team, and you've got this big guy, but people are going to be curious to see his weight. Um, he's listed at like 6'5", 200, 205. What's that going to look like? Exactly. I would turn to 6'3", 190 in a heartbeat. Right. And, or, or did he thicken up a little bit? You know, you just never know, but that's another guy where uh, a lot of people were sort of a little leery at him coming out. I wasn't one of them. I really like his game. To me, he's Josh Gordon under the rim, but this is this is, uh, this is where he's got to sort of showcase those traits, that ability. Um, and then it, 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 uh, Rashad Penny and Royce Freeman. Um, Production-wise, they're outstanding. And Royce Freeman, to me, entering this thing might be the most underrated back in this class. He was freaking great at Oregon. There's just no getting around it. Uh, and production. I mean, he put up over 6,000 yards. I don't care that he was there four, yard, four years. He put over 6,000 yards, and he did have some injury history. That is a hell of a college career. Well, and, and some people are sort of down on this senior year, but he was playing on a bum shoulder and played the entire year, save the bowl game, which is a little bit of a fiasco. Uh, certainly the medical is going to come into play, but if he comes in and he's, you know, 230 or around there, and he can run like close to a 4 or 5 and, and look good, then suddenly people are going to talk about him again at that second round area where everything else suggests he belongs. Uh, that's going to be impressive. And then and I mentioned Penny. Penny's, Penny's got the same deal. I, I've, you know, I've watched the Arizona State tape and, and the Stanford tape, and yet there are people who think he's slow. Uh, and I've seen him in person at, at the Senior Bowl, and there are people who think he's slow. Uh, first, I, I think that's crazy, but you know, if he comes in and he's 225 and he can really move, he's another guy who's got really good production. Granted, uh, outside of those Pac-12 teams, you know, the, the conference competition wasn't stellar, um, but he's, he's certainly a talented running back, and he should actually crush the drills because he's a really good uh, pass catcher as well as everything else. So those guys are interesting. Uh, I think James Washington, this is an opportunity for him, and Michael Gallup from Colorado State because those guys are both really, really productive receivers, uh, both really impressed at the Senior Bowl, and, and I still don't understand. I, I think it's officially died, the, the movement that Marcel Aitman was better than James Washington at Oklahoma State. But that, because that, was, a fun, that was a fun couple of weeks. <laughs> but this becomes a situation where now, you know, is Michael Gallup just a really good route runner, or is he a really good athlete? Personally, I think he's going to test well. Uh, he may not be, you know, he may not be a, a guy who flies out of there, but I think he's a guy who's going to have a productive, uh, reasonable day that's going to showcase uh, that he's not just a pretty good receiver at Colorado State. He was just a good receiver, and I think James Washington, uh, I think the deep speed is going to be there. I'm more interested in his actual agility stuff because, look, he's great at uh, – at, at getting deep. He's shown that. He's got that wide frame that I love, that built like a running back, which I always, I always take as an asset. So those guys can naturally create separation really well. Uh, but you can't just make your living off that for where people are projecting him to go. Can he, and I think he did a good job with this in Mobile, does he have the movement skills to really separate against 
good defensive backs, and and that's sort of the knock that we had at the Senior Bowl. Is there's some there's some okay uh, corners and, and stuff like that. I, you know, the matchup between him and, and uh, MJ Stewart out of North Carolina was arguably the best one I saw all week from a receiver TV standpoint. But it wasn't like a star-studded crew, so there's a question of, you know, is this legit? So those are all guys that have sort of the production piece in place, the, the tapes there, and now we just need that final green to see if they've got everything you look for. Okay, well, I'll read off. I, I have Michael Gallup on my list because... The question is going to be, and you saw the Alabama game, and, and part of it was, you know, Alabama's not dumb. They knew Michael Gallup was all they had, so there was going to be no opportunity for him to get deep. But when you look at you know, the stats, you know, a lot of 8 for 80s, 9 for 90s, you want to see what he can run and, you know, how much acceleration he has. Is there a deep threat to his game as it translates to the NFL? So Michael Gallup is a guy I'm interested in the kind of speed he has. Anthony Miller, is he healthy? Um, you know, do you want to see numbers from him? Uh, you know, I, I don't care that any of these guys in this wide receiver class, I don't care about their age. I'm going to kind of throw that out of the window because there are no 21-year-old just beasts that these guys have to compete against. It's just, it, you know, luckily for them, it's a class where they don't have to deal with Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, upper echelon athletes, upper echelon production. They don't have to compete with that. So, you know, I don't care about, you know, do I have him for 10 years? I've got him for three, four, on the second, you know, second round, third round, fourth round pick, whatever it may be. Uh, two running backs I did want to bring up. John Kelly. It seems John Kelly seems to, the stock seems to be growing a little bit as each, pe- you know, some people maybe get to it more and more. You know, here's a guy who runs well, he's quick, very physical, got a nasty stiff arm. If he can put up a decent number, He's got himself to, you know, a chance to rise here. If he can run well, if he can run a nice solid three cone, if people see the quick, you know, generally within space. And then one for me, and this is a guy I can't kind of get on board with, Jamal Williams out of last year out of BYU. It seemed like he was kind of like, you know, like a Cadillac or a Lincoln Continental. Once he got going, there was something to him. But in the NFL, you ain't got that kind of time. And in every remote, you know, I had some people still get on me. Oh, well, Jamal Williams had a good year. He won 3.7 yards per carry. So I don't know how good a year he had, guys, if that's what you're trying to tell me. You've got to be quick to the hole because, I mean, usually it closes quick in college. It closes quick in the NFL. So carry on Johnson's a guy I'm looking at. Uh, I'm very curious, you know, how fast he is and how quick he is out of the gate. Guys, you listen to Lockdown Browns, episode 171. Obviously, I'm the Lockdown Network, Lockdown NFL. Uh, guys, now's a great time to do that five-star review. Subscribe if you're a first-time listener. We appreciate all the support that you can give us. Uh, again, please, I, anything you ask can give me, I try to give it back. Any request you have for guests, I try to do all I can for you. So please leave that five-star review. Give us a uh, subscription to the podcast. Couldn't be thankful enough. All right, so we'll shift on over to the defensive side of the ball here, Pete. Give me some names here that you're looking for. Uh, the, the, the top two I want to watch just because I think they're going to crush it are, are Micah Fitzpatrick and Bradley Chubb, and it's not because I'm worried about them. I just want to see him do it. Uh, something special about athletes just going out and athlete. Right, and, 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 and with, with Micah Fitzpatrick in particular, I think the DB drills are going to be a lot of fun with him uh, just because I think people sort of underestimate how just how fluid and stuff he is. But, yeah, Bradley Chubb, I, I think he should put on a show um, Derwin James, you know, this is another guy. He had he had the year Florida State was waiting for. 
Uh, this past year, I'm actually writing about him to, for for tomorrow for the Browns. Nice. I think he's a great player. Uh, I don't think I he fits the Browns. No, uh, and, and the thing is, uh, I'll, I'll tease this clip. I don't think if, if the Browns are interested in Derwin James, it shouldn't be at safety. Um, I, I think it actually should be corner. It's it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, because look, I mean, they've you saw it with Jalen, and Jalen did finally get that one year at corner. And it, I, people are going to be a little confused with Derwin's size, and he's ridiculously, you know, he's put together. He's a big guy. You know, uh, he could come in close to 220. That's what he started the year against against Alabama at about almost 6'3", 220. You can do a lot with him, but you could tell him, hey, why don't you play at 205? And I'd love to see you on the outside. Well, like, everybody's favorite punching bag, Greg Gabriel, uh, because he's so... Uh, Blunt on Twitter. Uh, uh, to say the least. <laughs> but I, I love Greg. He's great. Uh, and what you notice, though, is, is he, I mean, he's willing to backtrack, though. I mean, he got in the whole thing with Chris Brown about a week and a half ago. And they actually sat down and talked to him. But look, you shouldn't bless the guy first and then talk to him second. But then after he talked to him, he's like, wow, I, I apologize. You know, the guy really knows his stuff. But, you know, maybe you shouldn't be so quick to just, you know, throw the sword and then maybe talk about it afterwards. So, so Greg Gabriel made a really good point in talk because he talked to he did some event where he talked to Derwin James, and Derwin James oh, yeah, played okay. in 2020. He did the the all star testing thing or whatever. Yeah, he so Derwin James he, he talked to Derwin James. Derwin James said he played at 220 at Alabama, and you go back and watch that. Derwin James looks like shit, and it's not that he can't play at it. He's just not special at it. And then he said sort of at the end of the season. When you know when Derwin is Derwin, he's down at 205, and I think that's where he's going to sort of end up. Just the, you see the more speed, you see the impact thing. The other part about Derwin James, and 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 I'm sure you agree with this, is Derwin is unbelievable when he knows what he wants to do. In other words, he's he's remarkably talented when it comes to man coverage. Like he's uncanny for being so big. He, he gets in a guy's hip pocket. He knows how to find the ball. He can make plays on the ball. Um, and, you know, and the, the people are going to project. When I talk about corner, it's, it's projection. But he has covered receivers. He can run with them. He's covered backs. He's covered tight ends. He's really good at it. Where he gets in trouble, I just don't think he ever looks comfortable when he's in space. You know, you watch him, and he just sort of doesn't really move much. He's sort of just ball watching. He doesn't have the same speed and sort of confidence he plays with than he does when he knows where he wants to go. Same thing in, in run defense. When he knows what he wants to do, he looks like that guy where you're going, oh, man, this guy's special. In that respect, that's why I think he's sort of the prototypical special, strong safety that if the Browns didn't have Jabril Peppers, I'd say he's a better prospect than Jabril was last year. But they do. Uh, so if you want to project him out the corner, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening, although I don't think anyone's going to do that. I think certainly he's going to have more value to teams as a strong safety uh, than he does at anything else. But, again, this is another freak, freaky athlete. Uh, God only knows. Hopefully the medical comes back on his meniscus. Uh, good, uh, clean, everything's positive from that standpoint. But he's another guy who should, should just put on a show. Um but after that, it's going to be a lot about uh, Armani Watts. I want to see what he can do on testing-wise. He 
he's not he plays bigger than he is because he's not a huge guy uh, but he, he he plays really fast in the field he's very physical those testing numbers are going to be important uh bates the third out of uh, wake forest who seems to be a quietly slow riser He's, a, he's sort of a darling, and he's got the production to back it up. He just didn't play as much because he's a Richard sophomore. Um, he, he's really nice on tape. There's a lot of things to like about him. He's a guy where, you know, he sort of needs to put that, that final piece together. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, this is going to be big for him. I think he's going to crush the 40. I think he's going to look great. What I'm curious, uh, he's the guy where he's a freight train to me. You, you don't want to be on the tracks when he's there, but... I don't know if he can sort of, he, he, like a freight train, he's not a guy who's going to be doing much in terms of turning and, and quick adjustments to me. I think he may have a, he, he may prove me wrong. I mean, he's 19, he's still being growing. That he, well, that's uh, the thing with him, that being 19, though. It, 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 I mean, it, at 19, and the size he's at now, with the arm length, it looks like he has when you watch him. It, it looks like a guy we could be talking about a year and a half who's an edge rusher. Right. And, and, well, I mean, it, the, I agree. It, 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 it untapped. I mean, he, he, he stays at what he is. He's fine at what he is, but he could end up being more. Right, right. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying it, 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 because he's 19 and he was already a linebacker, it was easy for him to be a linebacker. If he was a sophomore in college, I, I agree. I think he probably ends up a defensive end uh, in the Jamie Collins mold. But in the Dante Hightower mold, you just don't see guys that big and that, even if they're that fast, uh, play linebacker because it's just not as valuable as it is to put him as an edge rusher. I think he's such a rare commodity in the fact that because he's so young, that this is what sort of allowed him to be this unusual guy. In that respect, he's sort of like Carlos Dansby, uh, where those guys just aren't allowed very much anymore. Uh, Roquan Smith should put on a show. you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how these long corners do because uh, Carlton Davis, uh, MJ Stewart, uh, your boy out of Florida State, Tavares, uh, yeah, Tavares McFadden. I want to see how those long corners and, and the kid uh, Rashawn Golden from Tennessee, who a lot of people are high on. Those are the guys because obviously, from a Browns perspective, I think, and I could be dead wrong about this. But I think that they're, A, going to go hard after Tremaine Johnson. I think that's pretty obvious. But I think they're going to want another long corner as opposed to going more matchup. Now, we'll see. They, they may be more interested in guys like Jerry Alexander and be able to sort of flop. Uh, but if they want another big long corner and sort of try to force everything inside to the, the, the mess of speed they look to have on the interior, that could be interesting. Uh, Harrison Phillips... I love him. I think his tape's outstanding. I don't know why people are sort of like unsure what they're looking at. He's great. I think he's going to test really well. Andrew Brown is my guy. Uh, I know NBT scouting's also really high on him. Uh, but he was a five-star athlete. Uh, he was like the top dude that year going to Virginia. And, and people sort of forget about him because he was sort of a two-down clogger. Uh, but I think not only on tape, but... It, you're going to see him sort of really put on a show, and I think people may overreact a little bit. Uh, but the production's good. There's a lot to like about him. But uh, the the last guys I'll sort of throw out there are those little edge rushers you're a big fan of. Uncle Ronquo, uh, Adi, uh, the kid from Ola, 
whatever his name is from Toledo. Uh, all those, all those little guys that need that, that, that fit if the Browns want to sort of bring Miles Garrett on the inside and, and bring another speedy edge rusher on the outside. All those Steve Orville, the Elvis right. Steve Orville. Those guys and like half of them play on the Mac. Uh, <laughs> if those guys test well, I know like Jim Coburn was on here talking about Wimbush from Ball State, another Mac guy. Uh, those guys are. are people that can really help themselves because I don't think this edge class is great but I do think there's going to be a lot of potential value in those undersized edge rusher guys that don't sort of do it for everybody but a team like the Browns they may be really really attractive yeah uh, some guys I do want to hit on Harold Landry is he healthy um, the tape was phenomenal if you go back to 16 if you understand he's injured you know through 17 tape uh, why he didn't declare in 16 I still will never understand with that being said, you know, I, I want to see some testing numbers. I, I don't think the gap is that big between Bradley Chubb and Harold Landry. Uh, if you go to 16, they were pretty similar players. Obviously, Chubb was healthy throughout the year, playing with a dominant defensive line. So it, it's going to be interesting. You know, Harold Landry is a guy I'm looking at. Arden Key, um, a lot of it for him is going to be interview process. Is any of that in talking with people going to affect the workouts? Are we going to see a phenomenal workout now where maybe you can kind of disregard some of the off-field and the personality questions with him. So it, it, he's, it, it's a huge workout for him and a couple of days in Indy for him. Cornerbacks, Denzel Ward, is he only going to be five foot nine? What kind of arm length are we going to get? Uh, you know, I don't see, you know, a lot of people want to put him top 10, 11, 12. I think it's a very good cornerback class, but I think they're all kind of kind of slide together where it would be a run of, you know what, all right, we're just going to go quarterbacks now, say at 18, 19, 20, and you see, you know, four or five guys going the next 10 picks from there. Javi Alexander, is he healthy? Let's get a 40 time on him. Because when we've talked about this, a guy like him, you put him in a secondary, and we've talked about this many times, Pete, you know, he's got no problem jawing and being the voice of a secondary, and, and you kind of want that. You know, because it, it brings a rep to your team. It kind of fires guys up. And then I'm going to go with this guy, the wild card. And it's still going to be interesting. Kamoko Ture, fantastic athlete. He is going to look outstanding in Indy. And if it were two years ago, after the little he, you know, and he had done some nice things at Rutgers, we've gotten drafted really high. But now you're going to look at a phenomenal athlete who looked good at the senior bowl. He's going to look good at the combine. But you're going to go back and you're going to film through the last two years of tape at Rutgers and say, well, you're a great athlete, but, but where is it? Where's everything else? You know, where's the, you know, I've got the vegetables. There's no meat to this. So it's going to be interesting with a guy like him. Uh, so, you know, th those are some of the guys I'm looking at. Obviously, Pete highlighted a bunch of them. And guys, it's funny because, you know, I jot down two to three points to have Pete on the show. And here we go, almost 15 minutes deep. Uh, uh, any closing things that you may have missed here before we start wrapping this up? Um, I would just point out that you're, you're bagging on the wide receiver class and saying that the Browns aren't going to have any of them for 10 years. And and I, and I think DJ Moore uh, well, is going to... There, there are few exceptions. There are I, few exceptions. I think I think DJ Moore is a guy who could, who could, who could uh, be here from age... He's not even 21 yet to... That the other guy I would mention you touched on is John Kelly. Um, I, I'm amazed at how lean that kid is. Uh, 
because he is really, really strong. Uh, I, I like you watch him; he's just really powerful for a guy who looks. Oh, yeah, he plays like he's two twenty-five. Right, and 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 I think he might be listed at two hundred five. I don't really play that, but the thing I'm curious about with him is if if he's a guy who can potentially like balloon up in the weight room where he becomes. You know, almost a different looking guy, and maybe his body just doesn't allow it. He's always going to be super lean, but and and this wouldn't. Be, I'm not saying this is a bad thing that he could easily put on a bunch more muscle and sort of transform himself over the course of his early NFL career, where he becomes a different player that uh, from from his NFL career with to, for, from college, where he just becomes just a different different dude. So you good? You covered? You, you done busting my chops? Well, I mean, I, I, I can. We can talk about the Garden State if you want, but I mean, oh, I, come I, on now. The only thing difference between us and you is you got Canada and I got the ocean. Well, that's that's fine. Uh, the, the, <laughs> I mentioned that the the other thing that will be interesting to watch um, is is that Quentin Nelson just doing basically uh, strength stuff, and I don't know if he's going to be a guy who's going to pull up. Such stupid amount of bench reps or stuff, but I, I, he, he's another guy who's going to be fun to watch work out, despite his upbringing. Well, maybe because of it, that heroic situation he got out of. Uh, okay, now, now just relax over there, big guy. Relax. And it's a saying that he didn't answer the Ohio State calls and decided to go even further in a central, you know, to go to Notre Dame. You know, it, it happens. So you know, we won't hurt the kid for it. And uh, it will be a pleasure to watch him work out. It will be a pleasure to watch him bench. Uh, you know, he may start on Tuesday. Hopefully, he's done by lunch on Wednesday. That's the guy we got. You could Quentin Nelson. The guys look. Me and Pete always love busting each other's chops. Lockdown Browns episode 171. Uh, check out Pete's uh, work, obviously covering the Browns over at NFL Spin Zone, uh, putting out a bunch of great stuff. Guys, read it. Uh, even and I got one of these, and it was my guy Paul who gives me, helps me get a lot of guests. Why is P.O.'s a cantankerous son of a bitch? Well, <laughs> see, he laughs at it. We know, but you know, you have who you are, and you want to know what, at the end of the day, be comfortable in the pair of shoes you're wearing, right? Well, I, I, the, the funniest things I always get are if I go on pods and, and people go, he's a lot, he sounds a lot nicer than he does on Twitter, and, and I would just say that's the curse of 280 characters slash... Uh, the, the, the mentions and being able to actually flesh out points and whatever else. What I would love though is is for people to go go uh, bang on your on your reviews, put five stars, and basically say the only reason I'm doing this is because of Pete uh, in the comment. That would make me extraordinarily happy. Well, there you go. And you know what's funny though is I have a friend named Pete. Was a college baseball player here in Jersey. Phenomenal baseball player. You guys sound alike. And you guys have the same personality, and that is the kind of weirdest thing of all this. So Pete Rosenko of New Jersey is the Pete Smith version of Ohio. You guys are two freaking peas in a pod separated at birth. But guys, Lockdown Browns episode 171. Guys, always follow Pete Smith. Follow the show at Lockdown Browns. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ Lloyd. Guys, I appreciate everything you're doing. All the follows, all the mentions, the guest requests. You guys have been fantastic to help with the growth of the show. Uh, we get to continue to do everything we can for you. That's a wrap here for this evening. We'll be back tomorrow. And guys, look, it's Combine Week. Uh, I'm probably going to go every day because I love this time of year. And I want to uh, give you guys all the information that I can. Until tomorrow night, let's go Browns.